Yo, in and out, forget I was. That Mr. Butler May we? Reading you. And we got another episode of Purpose, episode nine. We nine weeks in, bro. Yes, sir. <laughs> Week nine. Uh, today we're talking about relationships. We got a good topic today. Relationships, when to end and when to mend. Bree, talk to them. So listen, we all have been in a relationship or situation or whatever y'all call it, situationship, you know, whatever. <laughs> where entanglement get to the entanglement <laughs> okay uh <laughs> country marriages you know whatever whatever you want to call them where we have been at a crossroads where we have to decide is it worth like fighting for like do we keep going or do we just call it quits now this is not just of course when we talk about purpose we talk about um you know, being your full self, being your whole self. So this doesn't just allude to um, relational relationships. When I say relational relationships, I mean like sexual relationships with a partner. Um, it could be a platonic relationship. It can be a business relationship. It could be the relationship you have with your job, uh, family relationships, any type of interaction, human interaction that you have, person to person, Okay. Uh, or personal organization or whatever, any type of relationship. So how do you know, I'm clapping again because I'm hyped. How do you know <laughs> when it's time to let it go or if it's really worth fighting for? Um, I always tell y'all that this is like for me, like what I do, um, you really just have to weigh out the pros and cons. Now, if you're a visual person, it actually takes writing that out. There's nothing wrong with writing out like the pros of the relationship or the job or whatever with the cons of it. And sometimes it's just that simple. It's as simple as these are my pros. These are my cons. My cons outweigh my pros. Um, even if you have more pros than cons, if the cons are way worse than your pros, then you know, okay, this might be affecting me as a person. Um, or taking taking too much away from me and I need to let it go because in any type of relationship that you have the benefit should be mutual now we know sometimes that you know one person gives more than the other um but at some point it should balance itself out you shouldn't always be the one that's not benefiting from the relationship uh, or the job or the business partnership or whatever so sometimes it's just as simple as making a pro and con list to know I need I can stay in this and I can work it out or, OK, I need to call it quits. Um, for some people, they actually have to just go to the end of it. So a lot of times people can talk through those issues. If you're um, a person that communicates well, you can go. I don't know if you can go to your organization, but I'm sure you can go to your supervisor or you can go to the person that you're in a relationship with to be like, hey, these are my issues and I'm kind of at a crossroads on whether or not this is really worth it um, because I'm not getting as much benefit and it's starting to take a toll on me as a person. Um, so that's always an option, but you always have to, you can't just keep going. You can't, if you know that um, a relationship needs a shift um, because that's why you're at the crossroads, you've, got to a, you've gotten to a point where you feel like, I don't know if this is worth it or should I keep going? It's because it needs to be shifted. 
there needs to be some things that need to be addressed. There needs to be some behavioral changes, uh, some conversations that need to be had. And so whenever you're there, you can't just ignore the signs. Uh, you can't ignore the fact that there's an issue that you can no longer just push down or sweep under the rug. And if you do that, you start to kind of lose yourself. You start to, to change and adapt to the situation just to suffer through it. But really, you're miserable. And then you look up one day and you're a completely different person because you didn't address the issue when it first happened. So, Trevor, what do you think? Do you think that all relationships are mendable? Do you think that people end relationships too soon because they don't know how to communicate it or don't know how to process? What What do you think about it? So when you to end or to mend it, like you said, you have to go through the pros and cons. Sometimes you communicate it through. Sometimes the other party doesn't know. I often shoot people. I often shoot people bail. I call it shooting people bail on ignorance. As we stated one time before, your parents, for instance, people like you don't like you're upset that they aren't the they don't know everything. So you mm -hmm. often get upset, but they don't. You can't force someone to know something they don't know. It's the same thing with older generations and African American communities in therapy. There wasn't they wasn't educated till really started getting educated to the 60s or 70s. So you, if they don't know about something, they can't, it might be scary or something wrong with it because they don't know what it is. People often fear what they don't know. So, exactly. So often they, some people in a business relationship, in a relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, oftentimes the other person assume you're not complaining about it. So it must be good. So sometimes you can't mend it because you're not communicating to try to fix it. You often should try to fix things because it's often cheaper to try to fix something before you decide to just go with something new. Sometimes you have insurance, sometimes you have warranty that's on products and it's sometimes it's your job. Sometimes your boss thinks you're happy and he just like, oh, she's happy with what they get. So we're going, but if you communicate to him effectively, I'm not happy. Maybe like, hey, you're a good employee. I treasure you. I value you. So let's work this out. And if not, you can end it. And in some, and then in some cases, people just don't care anyway. So, but you, you got to be able to. You got to be able to recognize that too. Yeah. You can tell when somebody kind of, well, sometimes you can tell when somebody kind of don't care about your feeling and sometimes when somebody do, but they don't, but it might seem like they don't because you're not expressing it to them. Like I know one problem I notice a lot of men have with females in their life is that they often feel like you supposed to know what they want. And then You're the, supposed to read my mind. Yeah. And males are like, what? <laughs> like, that doesn't even make sense. You're supposed to read my mind, period. Yes. You know me. You We're dating now. You're supposed to know what I want when I want it. And I'm like. How was I supposed and to know I want you? It. And you're supposed to know it before <laughs> I know it. You're supposed to know what I want before I know what I want. Yeah, it's like a sometimes you get that dating trap where you go, you order for me, and I'm like, I don't know what you feel like eating today. Or that trap, <laughs> or that trap. This is my favorite one. I don't know what I want to eat, so you choose. And if you choose wrong, you hate every order I pick. And I like what? <laughs> Pause. Let's just talk about that for one second, because I'm a I'm a dead it for everybody. Okay. <laughs> It's not that we don't know what we want. 
But what we want is so difficult sometimes that we would rather just say we don't know. Because I want fries from Chick-fil-A. I want my 10-piece wing from Wingstop. I want a milkshake from this other place. I want to go get something else. And that's why we just say, I don't know. So, so I'm, okay, so I'm going to guess it. <laughs> so now whenever you hear a woman say she don't know, Trevor, just say, if you want to get something from different places, that's okay. You have to make her feel, make her feel like that's okay. Because I really know what I want. It's just I want it from three different places, and mm. that's time consuming. So, yeah, just, but explain it. <laughs> just say I'm just that. telling you. Just I'm say just it. Tell you that it's not that we don't know. We know exactly what we want. We just know that it's way difficult. So we just rather say I don't know. Just figure something out. So when y'all say, "Hey, if you just want six, say that," just know it's difficult. That's not the same. No, it's difficult. It's not it's, the same. Maybe I will like you later on. <laughs> I have too no, many listen. emotions right now. You you really have to, man, you really got to play that well because some people, like, if you're me, I want you to be honest about what you want up front. Don't run, don't play me or run game on me because once you do that, then I'm going to get, I got, I got this thing in me called get back. So I'm going to get you back. <laughs> so just, just be upfront about it. Okay. So I, tell the women, because at the end of the day, even if that's what, just what you want, people can respect you. They might not like you. She might not ever talk to you again. Right. And that's her business, but she'll respect you because you were honest with her and you didn't string her along knowing that that's all you wanted from the beginning. See, we trying to end. See, we ending everything. We discussing it. We got to put it out there so we can end it. We learned about what they mean. We... See, we now we know what it means when they say they don't know what they want to eat. <laughs> We're trying to help y'all. See? We're trying to help y'all, but that that's an easy way to know to end it because it just just I want y'all to be honest with people. I don't want y'all to be running game on nobody. And if you don't know, if you're unsure, say that. Like, you know what? I don't know if I like you right now. Um, but I would like to see where this goes or. Now nah, I'm a chill. Don't I mean I I I can't like say don't ghost her because I am Casper, okay? But <laughs> in um oh you know perfect world we would want you to be honest with people and be like this I'm not feeling this this ain't it let's just go ahead and end it and not draw it out. That's true. You this that's where you figure stuff out, man. Sometimes. Being truthful can often help in the process of knowing the end of men. Because if both of y'all lying, you're going to have a problem. <laughs> if y'all, both of y'all lying, it'll never end. And But it'll take, I'm not going to say it'll never end. It takes longer for it to end. And it, once, once it does end, it'll be so bad. Like it just blows up because the truth starts to come out way later because you didn't have to lie and then put another lie on top of that lie. And then you didn't have to hide your feelings and you didn't have to sneak around and do other things. So really, that's if you want to know how when to mend or end, be honest. Yes. Be truthful. Same with and you. then you'll know which way to go. Same with your job too. Don't don't lie. If you unhappy, but you when they ask you on the review sheet every at the end of the year, are you happy, but not really. <laughs> not really. Like and it's you have to be honest, like yeah. because 
because if those people are unhappy with you, they're going to get rid of you with the quickness and they're going to replace you. So why would you not be honest with them about your happiness and your place at that job? Business partners, if you are unhappy with the business and the way that it's going, you will save a lot of money if you go ahead and be honest and decide if y'all can shift the business or mend the relationship that y'all have as business partners or just cut the ties and move on. Friendships too, to be honest with you. And by the way, I, I don't think a lot of people get this and I think it causes a lot of mental health problems too. It's okay that you and your high school friends don't talk. Listen, it it's is completely right. okay. Yeah. I, me and my high school friends are still, we're still really close, like, but not cl- as close as like we talk every day. I still love them with all my heart. When we get together, it's a great time. But some of them I don't talk to. Like some of the people that I like were my friends from eighth grade up until like mid-college years. I don't talk to them now. And we just have to learn that, you know, as we grow and as we get older, you know, we change, we evolve as people. And sometimes that doesn't align with the other person. That don't mean we beefing or I don't like you. It's just that we're in two different phases in life and those just don't don't mesh. Yeah, we we outgrew each other. Your interests in high school, we had central interests, sports, class, yes. jokes. Somebody matured a little faster in certain ways. Somebody it was just matured. our little bubble. Yeah, yeah, it was a bubble. And then we got out in the real world, and somebody went in the this aspect of their life. Maybe somebody went to computers, and now they're interested in computers. Well, in high school, you didn't care about computers. Cause y'all both was athletes or sports people. So that's what you had in common, but I don't care about sports now as much as I did. And you care about sports a lot still because you're a coach. We're not probably mm-hmm. going to hang out with each other. If I'm into computers and stuff and you want to coaching because we don't, we don't care. We're hit, not compatible. Yeah. Like we can be cool. And I, every once a year I hit you up. Hey, let's go eat. Happy birthday. You know what I'm saying? Happy birthday. Let's go eat one day. Cause to catch up on how you been, the family been, all that. I'm talking. I'm talking because I'm almost thirty. So you get this. How you get this? How me and my friends do. <laughs> oh, he's old, guys. He's old. Yeah. Yeah. You got. You got to remember. Yeah, Bree didn't know like, the old young Jesus song, but we could. <laughs> She's like, I don't I know really, this song. I'm like, this really thug motivation. Like, hey, listen, thug motivation one hundred and one. No. By the time he got to 102, 103, I was there. I was there. I was with him. I was like, this me. Okay? Period. I know all the words. But, uh, I was like, oh my God, how old was I? Yeah, okay, that, anyway. That was me in high school and when I was playing football. That was what I played before. The game. We yeah, lit. Wow. You were probably in what, sixth grade then? I was. Yeah, I was so. a chap. <laughs> but yeah. So Brie ain't that far behind me because I said that I was in ninth grade. She was six, but <laughs> but yeah, like we in two different realms now. Brie might be in the real estate and she like to talk about houses, and her old friend don't care about houses. She might still be in a party phase. She might still be in another phase in her life. She might be into shoes, and Brie don't care about shoes. We don't have much to talk about. <laughs> yes, and combat compatibility is very important on all levels of relationship, whether you're looking for a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a best friend, you know, a business partner, you all have to be compatible. Like compatibility is very important to be able to build relate effective and efficient relationships. Yeah. So 
when someone t- it's okay. So I'm telling you, it's okay if your friend hasn't called you and you missed them. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Uh, call them if they don't yeah, answer call, you yeah I'm just I don't know what to tell you because they obviously that interest has went somewhere else most of the times yeah. in life that's why you should always try to conduct relationships even if you're antisocial you should try to get out your box a little bit find people that in with your interest your interest might change you might become an activist you should go to events with activists that way you have people that you that you are in the same community with Yes, yes. And when you're building relationships, it's also good to be able to, I, I call it like study them. Um, but I do a lot of different like surveys or like questionnaires or like self-assessments with my friends to know their love languages, to know how they like to be apologized to, you know, to know, you know, their personality types. Because once you know those things, and it's just kind of like a niche for me to be able to know that, to, to know how to maneuver, even if you want to know their astrology sign, you'll be able to um, gauge the type of person they are or, you know, the things that they like and they don't like, how they like to be talked to each other. You can do a quiz on communication style so that you're able to be the best friends of that person based on their personality and not just the way you think that it should be. Yeah, if you're not into studying, you might not want to, if you don't want to take questionnaires, you might not want to be friends with Bree. (laughs) You don't, because I'm going to send it to you, whether we're business partners or dating. I'm, I'll be sitting on, hey, y'all got this self-assessment y'all can do it so we can do it and we can share it and we can talk about it. And you don't want to do that, handy friends, because I like to know all parts about my friends, okay? Yeah, so, yeah, it's about compatibility. And that's when you know if you have completely ruined your compatibility and there's nothing there, it's probably time to end. And you always know, you know, when it's time to end, like there is, don't ignore the signs because they're there. And sometimes it's like right in your face. And it's just a really, like a really, really strong feeling of like, okay, this is the end of this. And if you just take that feeling and communicate with that person, like, you know, we've had a great time, but I think this is the end. I think it ends much better then if you were to drag it along and then y'all just ghost each other or y'all get into this really, really huge fight that could have all been solved because y'all recognize that this was kind of over. Yeah, and then, and that's not just for, I know a lot of people like, this is women, to, men, you need a lot of in relationships too because y'all be in some toxic relationships and then you stay in there too long. Then the problem with men is though, they get real comfortable in a relationship because it's probably the opposite for women. Like it don't even be like I I don't want this to end because I want to hold on to it. It's like I don't I don't know if I still got it in dating anymore. <laughs> I don't want to start over. So yeah, I'm gonna just stay here. Yeah, so I'm just gonna be. Life. Well, she might oh. be in one case. I know she good and like she doing her own thing. You know what I'm saying? But he he's sitting there like I just don't want to like I'm miserable. She ain't, but I'm miserable. That's one case I know. But and I'm just sitting here because. I don't want to start over. I done got older. I don't want to start over. <laughs> I've been in here 10 years. <laughs> We've been dating for 10 years. I Why don't... do you think people are so afraid to start over, though? Like, what is it about starting over that is so terrifying that you would rather stay in, like, a miserable situation? After 10 years, you do what you talked about and you learn them so much. Do you really? Do I feel like learning another person? I know what she like to eat. 
I know what shows she like. I know what time she leave. I know what time she do something. Or the same thing with a woman. I know what he likes. I know it's a comfortability thing. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm miserable, I'm comfortable. Like I don't have to come out of my bubble. That's the problem with a lot of people. They don't have to want to come out their bubble. Yeah. It's the same thing when I started learning about other religions and cultures and stuff. Everybody else, you know, in the black community, if you study anything else or in religion, you study any other religion, people are like, the devil's book. Like when I read the Quran, I'm like, this book is, this is almost the Bible. It's almost <laughs> this a, is very similar. <laughs> this is the same book. It just added some at the end. <laughs> it added one guy at the end. But everything, even all the way through Jesus' part, was like the same. Like, oh, this mm-hmm. is, it's almost the same book. Except for they hold stricter to the Old Testament than Christians hold on to the Newer Testament and stuff like that. Like what they don't eat, what they eat. Because, you know, in the Old Testament, it's a sin to eat pork or something, stuff like that. Yeah. And then, in, yeah. so they hold more to that. Christians don't care nothing about that. <laughs> so. No. Jesus came and forgave us. <laughs> Yeah, about so, to eat the tea. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so it's like so that's like they hold on to that more, just like Jewish people hold on to that, but Christians don't. But all three books are almost similar, except for one don't care about one part, the other care about this part and this part, but added something at the end. It just and you start learning stuff, and it's the same. And when you do that, sometimes you realize that a lot of stuff you've been conditioned to learn, and you got you comfortable with it too. That's it too comfortability so you stick in that same zone <laughs> yeah content like can I stay there even if you miserable you, like the same thing we talked about therapy older people still won't go to therapy why because it's out of their comfort zone <laughs> y'all, right. yeah y'all need to work so, this out but nope yep. in the next episode we're going to talk about how to get into your comfort zone because y'all not walking in y'all purpose sitting <laughs> in your comfort zone and you're miserable Dang it! Oh, I actually, yeah, I actually saw, I actually saw something about that too that um, we can get into next week. By the way, that will probably be in the purpose overtime. What I'm gonna talk about, Bree gonna be the main show, but we can do purpose overtime from now. So hit that like button, hit that follow button, hit that subscribe button. <laughs> yeah, so we yes, yeah, so today we're going to overtime. YouTube will see it the overtimes first. They will see one probably tomorrow actually, and then they will see one probably Tuesday. So yeah, be ready for that. And then keep what's new now now will be later on Monday. Both of them the sports and entertainment because me and Joe is not filming tonight. So that will be Monday instead. So you get to see Bree them. Well, you'll see Bree before this comes out on Monday. Cause we record this the same time. <laughs> if you see me in the same clothes, mind your business. Yeah, true. Hey. By the way, people, me saying that, I realize people are going to be confused because this part coming out Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, oh, we already... Didn't you tell um, me tomorrow was Thursday? Wednesday. Yeah, so if you see this on Wednesday, we filmed what? it Sunday. Yeah. We filmed it this last Sunday, so go back and watch. Yes. And we got, yeah, we got some good topics right on that, too. Back. But yes, comfortability. And that's why people don't end or mend. So... Because you get complacent and you think that this is where you're supposed to be because you've been here so long. But that's not it. Okay. You need to have real hard conversations with yourself, with the person that you're in a relationship with. If you have counsel, 
like if you have a mentor or you know somebody that you go to that has sound counsel i'm not talking about your friends that tell you to cut their tires and you know sound counsel <laughs> people that can help you make wise decisions go to those people talk through these things um if you, you go to therapy which you you know at this point somebody should have been in therapy by now for looking from past if you're a therapist talk to your therapist about it they'll give you tools um and ways to walk through it through the process um because you gotta do it i mean either you're gonna do it or you're gonna let it happen to you so you might as well do it yes you gotta it's gonna happen anyway yeah you gotta you gotta and you gotta you gotta create a threshold too in a lot of stuff like in my mind i got a mental threshold like we talked about on the previous episodes of Purpose, go watch them. We got we got eight of them. Why talk? What we talk about? I know this is the point where I'm not gonna take it. <laughs> I'm not. You're not gonna yell at me. Like boundaries. Yeah, the, the, our boundaries. We have a you have a certain threshold. Like hey, you're not gonna talk to me like that. You're not gonna treat me like that. Certain things I'm not gonna take. By the way, some of y'all goals are a little heftier than others, and I think. It's kind of okay, but it's kind of not because it's unrealistic. But we're gonna talk about that. Yeah, we're gonna. (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna talk about that a little later in overtime. So be it up for overtime. It will be out Monday, and if you're listening to Purpose, it will be out. Well, it'll be out Monday on YouTube, but it'll be out after this on Wednesday on this show. So it's gonna be right after this. You don't have to go look for it or nothing. It'll be right after this. We're doing something new. We're gonna try to give you a longer audio podcast and cut the other parts up so that's the good thing about it. so you get more content from Bree. i know y'all miss y'all wait 30 minutes of Bree. that's it and even if y'all it doesn't matter yep <laughs> that's it period <laughs> pay me if you want more okay pay us big dot there's a join button right below the screen so hit that join button get, join it be a member of the be a big alpha <laughs> but yeah yes, big alpha yeah so but yeah, it's, it's mostly you just got to figure out what you want in life. Do the pros and cons. Do you make my, find your boundaries. Make your pros and cons. Communicate, and then if all that doesn't go the way you want, you got to end it. You have to, and you can't lose yourself in the relationship because we all have dreams and goals of what we want to be individually. But it's also important to to make those goals of what you want to see out of your relationship so that when you go into your relationship, you don't get lost in everything that happens between the two of you or you don't get lost in their goals and their aspirations without making yours known. Because then, again, you lose yourself and you're not walking in your purpose as an individual. Because even though you are in a relationship, I don't care if you're married, situation, whatever, you're still an individual and you still have a purpose, an individual purpose to meet, you know, before you leave here. Yeah, man. Make sure you get your purpose. I'm not going to do the full ending now, but we're going to end this one and we're going to overtime. So to the YouTube viewership, I would like to thank you for listening. Remember to keep stomping. Something amazing might happen. And if you haven't listened to the overtime, like I said, it'll be out Sunday and Tuesday. Both of both the topics, they're a little shorter. They're like 10 to 15 minutes. We're not going to stay on this long. Purpose is the main show. This is just overtime. We got two topics, 10 to 15 minutes. So go back. If you're on YouTube, 
listen to those Sunday and Monday. If you're on podcast sites, they will come right after this. So thank you for thank you for staying and listening to me and Bree a little longer. So peace. Was our Malfas again? Remind you to follow, hit that like, and subscribe. It's your boy Zelma with and I'm Bree Daniel. And today we're talking about the right way to apologize. So, if you have listened to Purpose, if you're on the audio, if you listen to Purpose, this episode will also be out later this week for the YouTube listeners. You know, we talked about the subject of ending and mending relationships, when it is okay. And we talked about apologizing sometimes, communication. And I noticed today's society, apologizing is kind of rough Brie. who just that word oh my heart started being real fast <laughs> you want me to do what <laughs> you want me to do what oh, oh. okay <laughs> apologize like your uh, astrology sign i'm sorry you upset me i'm sorry you didn't do what you were supposed to do i apologize that you're trash okay <laughs> Oh God! But oh, okay. I'm sorry. That's why this this episode for me. This is for me right here. Yeah. The, what's the right way to apologize? Because in today's society, people don't technically take apologies well. Some people just take any apology. Some people don't refuse to apologize. <laughs> some people, some people apologize for everything, even though they shouldn't. They so over apologize. Yeah, They're like, always sorry. Yeah, and then um, and the problem with that is when you over apologize, people take advantage because they think you soft, so they just keep they be like, oh, you did me wrong, and they do you wrong on purpose. Then you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Like the guy that when they bump you, you say I'm sorry. <laughs> I know people like that. Like they you you bumped me. Hold on. Like, Hold I, on. Yeah, I seen a dude hit a dude in New York and he's like, I'm sorry. I'm like, bro, he bumped you on purpose. He hit you. Yeah. What? Um, what's the right way to apologize? Okay, so I'm just I am a person who likes self-assessment, who like taking quizzes. Okay. That's me. I'm that person because I like to see things, you know, broken down based on my preferences. There is a quiz. Um, just like the five love love languages, the same man. His name is something Chapman. I I don't know, but he made another quiz on um your apology language. So which way you like to be apologized to, and which way you do like to apologize. Um, some one way was uh, admitting you're wrong, and like. Promising to never do it again. That's one way. Another one was like reparations. Like, I'm sorry. Here's a gift. <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> sorry. I broke your base. Let me pay for it type of thing. Um, another way was like, uh, it was a, a whole lot of different ways to just be like, I'm sorry. Uh, let me meet your need type of thing. Some people just like the apology. Like, I, I recognize what I did. Um, and truly apologize for it. Some like being truly remorseful. 
uh, some people like you to give them things for their apology. Like, I'm sorry that I did this. Let me buy you something or, or something like that. Um, some people like to be apologized to, and they want to know how you will change moving forward. So I'm sorry I did this to you, but moving forward, I understand that I can't do X, Y, Z because that upsets you. So really, there, I, I'm not going to say there's a right way to apologize. You just have to know the person that you're dealing with. Of course, when you deal with strangers, you don't, I, I don't know how many people apologize to strangers. But if y'all apologize to strangers, you know, because sometimes you're wrong, you know, just really being genuine about, you know, what you did and not just throwing around, I'm sorry. Because um, people can feel whether or not you're genuine. Like, if I'm not really sorry, I'm, I'm not going to say it. But some people just say it just to appease you, um, don't do that. Because if you're not sorry, then don't be sorry. This, this is, I got three keys to apology. First off, as Bree said, mean it. Second off, repentance. And third off, forgive yourself. People, now that's what, the third one where people, where people get lost in when I do that. I, Cause I, like I came up with the third, cause in the, in life, if you're going to say I'm sorry, mean it. Say it from the heart. Really feel like you did something wrong. Cause there's no point. Cause, cause some people aren't gonna forgive you anyway. Which come in the third point. <laughs> yeah. So in the first point, you you realize what you did wrong. Because just saying I'm sorry, just say I'm sorry, and you don't know what you did wrong is kind of pointless. But the second point is repentance, meaning you won't do it again, as in the Bible. <laughs> Ask God to forgive you and don't and turn your back to the sin, turn your back to what you did to right. someone. So the same thing with God. When God has when God has when God has you for forgiveness, it's the same thing. So you, you I live my life the same way as that because I don't want to ever be a hypocrite. So if I mean that, <laughs> that means I'm not gonna do it to you again. Because if I plan on doing it to you again, ain't no need exactly. to apologize unless I'm lying on purpose and trying to manipulate you into doing something, which means I'm just a horrible person. Unless you're being manipulated. <laughs> Yeah, right. it means I'm a bad person anyway, mm -hmm. and my apology don't mean nothing anyway. Which means the first one is right. I'm not genuine, so you can't even get to the second part without the first part. And the third thing is forgive yourself, because we've seen cases when people apologize and they don't care about anything they say. You offended me. You say I'm sorry. You didn't mean it. You just trying to save yourself from being embarrassed, and ain't nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Nothing. If they don't, there's nothing you can do. And if they don't forgive you, what can you do? <laughs> so you got to learn to forgive exactly. yourself. I never thought that that was a real thing. Um, I never thought people wouldn't forgive you just because they didn't want to forgive you. Like, and I, I encountered it for the first time in college. Um. Where like I and I wasn't really even in the wrong, you know, but I was trying to mend a friendship and I like apologized to this girl. I blocked her number, apologized to her, you know, for my part in in the whole situation. And she was like, uh-huh, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, whatever. Girl, I just apologized to you and I didn't have to. So now I'm like, dang, now I'll take it back. I don't want to <laughs> apologize to you. Like, what? And I like back and forth with my for weeks. Like, can I believe I apologize to that girl? Did I really do something that wrong to her? And she didn't accept my apology. Like, I'm not the I'm not the one to apologize for something that I didn't do. Like, if anybody knows me, they know that if I didn't do it, 
I'm not apologizing for it because I'm not sorry, you know? Or if I meant it, like if I meant what I said, I'm not going to apologize to you because I'm not sorry. I'm not going to apologize if I'm not truly sorry because that would be lying to you and I don't have time for that. So it's just crazy to think that people really, really don't be giving you because of their own craziness. But you do, again, you have to forgive yourself. Because once I was like, I apologize to that girl. I did what I was supposed to do. You know, that's on her. It's no longer on you after you've done what you're supposed to do. So I had to be like, yep, girl, you did what you're supposed to do. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's, That's really how it is, man. You can't. People won't forgive you. We saw in the Kevin Hart situation. Kevin Hart been apologizing for 10 years for that. For some joke he said in, what year was it? 2006 or something? And people are like, we don't forgive you. I'm like, bro, Kevin, some lady, it don't, it don't <laughs> matter no more, my guy. They ain't going to forgive you. It, it don't, don't matter. You still you still getting paid. Let's just You yeah. apologize. Let's just move on. Now, if you just now, if you want to say his last show was not good, that's your opinion. It don't matter, and that's that's out of the question. But he don't have to apologize. <laughs> but shout out to Kim Hart, man. He the one, the he the hard, well, probably the hardest working comedian there is out there. Do I think he the best? Do I think he the best? I don't think he top ten, but <laughs> but he works hard. He yeah, yeah, he's work. He probably worked harder than all the other. Comedians, that's why you were yet. So that means talent don't always just take you to where you want to go. I want people to understand it. Cause I seen that man. Yeah, yeah, I seen that man get up at five in the morning, go to work to twelve at night, and go to sleep and get back up and do it again. I said, okay, this how you grind. I respect it. I see how you made. It. But yeah, shot. Oh. Yeah, but yeah, when you the right way to apologize is to do it genuinely and mean it. <laughs> This is, that's basically what it is. And then what Bree said after that, you can figure out how you do it. The five ways to apologize. Do you make amends? Do you give them the diamond ring treatment? The take them out to eat treatment? The, mm-hmm. uh, baby, I'm sorry. Let's go eat to your favorite restaurant. <laughs> Are you hungry? <laughs> but don't be manipulative with that because y'all know women like to eat. You know we like to eat. <laughs> And the favorite thing is, have you are are you hungry? Do you want to go get food? Okay, don't don't cop out of apologizing about yeah, this. Like, hey, I ain't gonna lie. That's the easiest apology. That and do like a foot rub, a massage. Hey, on the massage. I know you're mad at me. Don't touch me. <laughs> don't touch me. Thank you. You might have to hit the food first and then hit the massage. So you got <laughs> You might have to get the food. You're definitely gonna have to get the food first, right? <laughs> Baby, you're going to be full. So after you eat, you know what I'm saying? Get a massage, you go to sleep. Then you try... <laughs> Yo, we, hey, we teaching you game. It's overtime. <laughs> overtime. We're trying to help you. Yeah. Help yourself walk in purpose. Okay? Yeah, so that's purpose overtime. We're trying to help you out. Overtime. <laughs> We're trying to help you. Yeah, this but... is overtime. We got to win. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for watching. See y'all on this is out Sunday. See y'all on Tuesday. We appreciate y'all for coming through. Remember, we're not doing the ending yet, but keep stumping. Something amazing happened. Peace. What's up, Alphas? It's your boy, La Alphas L. May Wick. Free Danielle. And we in overtime again. 
We're here. We're talking about poor parenting. I, I read an article. Okay, Brie. I read an article. Okay. It was about poor. Run it to me. Run it. It was about poor parenting, right? It says working class families. This article says white, but I think I can attribute this to every family. Blame low aspirations for remaining poor in a way like their kids. They don't focus on education. They don't focus on schoolwork. They be like, hey, you're going to take over the family carpentry business. You're going to take over the farm. You're going to take over the oil field, all those type of things. So what I came from after reading the article was idealistic parenting versus realistic parenting. And how do you separate from it? Idealistic parenting is telling you you're going to be amazing. You're going to get all A's. You're going to make do this. You can do that. You can be anything you want to be. Just set your goals to it. Realistic parenting is, hey, I don't know if you're smart. You might be smart. You might not be smart. <laughs> but you have this option. You don't have to do what everybody tell you to do. You can be, you can just be you. And you can be a carpenter, a farmer. And by the way, nothing wrong with your job, but. This is our field. This is what we're good at. This is what I can teach you. This is what I know. And this is a more realistic place for you to actually be than saying you're going to go to school for 10 years to be a doctor and all that stuff. So my question to you, Bri, is what do you, what's, what do you think about that line? Do you blend it? Do you mix it? Do you stay on one side? Do you? How often do you see each two? I think... In a perfect world, you blend the two. Um, in, in a perfect world, uh, in a in a middle class perfect world, because I guess I my world was kind of perfect um, <laughs> when it came to to this type of parenting. Um, I see so much of both sides. Um, just growing up where I grew up, um, I saw the realistic side of things where. Because parents didn't have the education uh, and they didn't really have the resources to push their kids further in education, they're like, you can go work at the plant. And like we have a couple of different plants in my hometown and that's what they they push their kids to aspire to be. Like you can graduate high school. You might go to junior college for a little while, but you can go work at the plant. You can make some really good money. Um, and then there were those parents who, Still same working class parents who wanted to see their kids be so much better than they were and get out of like the situation that they were in, that they would like find the resources to send their kids off to school so that they can be more so and encourage their kids that they were smart and, you know, and they could do whatever they wanted to do. But I think the main component of being able to blend the two is having those resources because you can be in a working class and you can be realistic with your child about I don't know if you're smart but and I know that you lack this but I'm gonna find a resource for you to be able to to grow and to get better uh, I can't really afford to send you to school so I'm going to find the resource for you to be able to get on scholarship or for us to be able to <laughs> apply for certain grants so that if you want to do that you can do that and I think that that having the resources or not having the resources is what creates that gap between idealistic um, and realistic because realistically 
parents who work in working class, they work so hard just to be able to put food on the table that they can't really push your dreams or your aspirations. They can't really help you with your homework because they're working overtime at their job. So I've seen, I've definitely seen both sides. And actually, um, a lot of times the kids that I see that are really successful are the kids that come from that working class and they saw their parents or their, their you know, mother uh, work really hard to just provide for, you know, food for them for the day that they wanted to be better and they wanted to make more money so that they wouldn't have to live like that and they can try to bring their parent out of that also. Yeah, I see that too. I think you should push for education, and, but also be realistic. Like, hey, everything might not be for you. You might not be a rapper. I I, I know Bree gonna like this. <laughs> <laughs> you knew I was. You're not a rapper. <laughs> okay, yeah. you're not a rapper. You're. <laughs> You're not a rapper. You can go to school and get this uh, digital engineering degree and go be a producer. You can go or to your college to do that. You can do that. You can get a trade. You can, you can do that. You're not a rapper. I, stop telling your kids that they can be rappers. Stop telling your homeboys that they can be rappers. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. Uh, okay. And if you're, that's just a little funny for you. Just, just a little joke. <laughs> By the way, you watch Purpose every Wednesday at 5 Eastern. See the jokes yes. like this. We're gonna start doing overtimes too, so you're gonna get two extra little segments from Brie because I know y'all love Brie. Yep, but- and you can see why I'm so adamant about looking you in your face in the camera and telling you that you're not a rapper. Okay? Yeah. So, but yeah, your kid, your dad is five eight, your grandpa is five nine. You're probably not gonna be LeBron James, and that's that's realistic. But you know what? You know he won't be LeBron James. But Iman Shumpert told this really crazy story when he went to uh, the 85 South show about how he was in the ninth grade and he was maybe like five, six, five, seven. And over the summer, that summer, he grew to be how tall he is now. So if you want in a million, you can grow six inches overnight. But yeah. more than likely, no, you won't be LeBron James. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, LeBron James is six, eight. 250 plus he's a you might can be a good basketball player you work hard but you can the, definitely put the work in but you're not going to be 6'8 but but at the same time so you can be realistic I 100% agree with that if your kid is might not be the best at school or education you can be realistic it's okay you don't have to lie to them or manipulate but at the same time you as a parent, I know it's harder for working class people. As Bree said, sometimes you work two jobs, sometimes you can't. Put different books in front of them. Put different things in front of them. Maybe inspire them to Give figure them out what they want to be. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. Give them the resources. The reason your kid wants to be, a, and I'm speaking to the African American community, is because you only presented them with that. With rappers. And this, they only see rappers. Yeah, in this article, The White Working Class, they see farmers, they see coal miners, they see whatever they is in a trade, welders. That's what they see, that what they aspire to, because that's it. Give them options at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, hey. Broaden their horizons. Like, yeah. Get them out of the bubble. Yeah. Like, we expressed that on purpose, getting out of your comfort zone. Make yeah. them get out of comfort zone. Find out what you like, because I'm telling you, by 22, most people I know, including my, myself, 
well, I kind of started figuring it out a little bit. I, I realized I like to talk. That wasn't my goal before. <laughs> like at 22. I, I was doing it at 22. At 22, I started figuring out. I, yo, I like to run my mouth. So, but <laughs> before that, it was. I still do that, by the way. I'm going to be, I'm going to own a business. This, I, I end up doing that. So, but yeah, I wrote books too. So I did that too. I did 2015 and 2018. So I wrote books. I did everything I wanted my mind to do, but I opened myself up to do that. Because mm-hmm. I'm telling you in ninth grade, I literally told my teacher, I ain't writing no book. Leave me alone. Writing is, writing annoys me. And now I'm a two-time author. Writing is for busters. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, great. I was telling who was that? No, it was a, it was a grade Miss McGee, and she literally made me write a poem, and then it got published. So, <laughs> so that was my first publication was in 2011. Miss McGee class, shout out to Miss McGee. A lot of people probably gonna know that. And my first book ever, I mean, my first poem got published, and I'm like, hey, this kind of cool. Reading your own writing in a book. Mm-hmm. So she literally opened up something I didn't think, and then after that. Guess what I did all through college? Bree know this. I wrote poems. <laughs> so he did. So that opportunity right there opened a new set of things that I might I'm interested in, which I promise you I told her I'm not interested in. Just the opportunity to do it. <laughs> so that's the that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Maybe give them. Maybe say hey, write this. I'll send it out to a publication. Might get signed mm-hmm. or might not. Might inspire them to write. They might be a good. They might not be good at math, but they can write a book. You know what I mean? Just anything like that. Get sit them in front of people. Maybe they'll tell jokes when they become a comedian. Anything. Just say, hey, go out there and try things. Right. Please give them the <laughs> option to try things. Yeah. Like we don't expect like it, right out of high school for them to know exactly what they want to do. Um, that rarely happens. I know that, you know, we try to push 18 year olds to become adults, but they're really not. They're really still children. Um, you thought so you was an adult? Them, huh? You thought you was an adult though. Yeah, I really <laughs> thought I was grown. I really thought I was grown. And then I got to college by myself and had to make an adult decision and was like, I ain't never did this before. I don't think I can. <laughs> and I called my mama. And so just uh, allow them to be able to explore different options. If they go into college that first year, let them go undecided. Um, they got to take a couple general education courses anyway, but let them be able to explore the different options before they make the decision because you don't want them to get to a place where they made this decision too early and then they don't like it. And now they're 24, 25 years old. Like, I don't like the choice that I chose. And so now as an adult, I got to try to revamp this on top of taking care of myself. Yeah, you got to restart. Yeah. You got to agree that you don't want. Let them restart early. Yeah. Like, let them, sometimes you want to be overwhelmed a little bit in some way. That way you can kind of, on your mind, get, break it down what you really want. Because trust Mm -hmm. me, trust me when I say this. If you get overwhelmed after you thought you what you wanted, that's way more annoying than going in not realizing you don't know what you want. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so, yeah, so when I say realistic, idealistic, yes, they can cause this. So I kind of disagree with this article. Just saying 
hey, they they push, they don't focus on education, but but I do agree with it at the same time. Because working class families, they might not have the resources or the knowledge in this case to help them in certain situations. But they'd be like, here's mm-hmm. a book for you to read, and if you like it, maybe you'll try harder by yourself in school because I can't just really push you. And if all else fail, you can go work for me in the plant, as Bree said. <laughs> like, I work the plant. They still make good money. Yeah, so you got options. And the more you allow people to figure out their life on their own is great. So that's a, that's a very interesting topic because I still want to talk about yeah. it. By, by the way, I will have a psychologist on here too uh, that deal with parents, by the way. So I hope to have him on here this week. So be on the lookout for that. And we're going to continue this topic some more because I want to see a experts who is really like, in here talking to parents every day, opinion on yeah. this, this exact same topic, which is, by the way, my brother also. So you get to see my family dynamic. <laughs> so look for that. Which is crazy, by the way, y'all. The family dynamic over there on Trevor's side is amazing. So y'all are in for a treat. Don't thank me and my brother weird. Though. My mom said y'all weird. <laughs> Like you're not weird with nobody, but when y'all together, y'all weird together. So it should be fun. So be be on the lookout for that. We might do. I might film that too. Then, but we on the lookout for that. Thank you, Bree, for being here. You are always amazing. Thanks. <laughs> and we are in overtime. And remember, all you alphas, to keep stumping. Bree, any last words? Drink your water. Mind your business. Exactly. Just know know what we talking about. And remember that today. Could be the day. If you kept stopping now, that's something amazing could happen. Peace.